This podcast does contain spoilers, so if you're okay with that, listen on. If not, pause the podcast, go watch the movie we're about to talk about, and come on back. All right, sweet. Excuse me. Brian, uh, over here. Hey. Pardon me, pardon me. Why don't you have the popcorn? It's starting! Woo! <laughs> hey, 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 hey! Shut up. Shut up and listen to the podcast. Hey! There's a lot out there to see. This is what we watched. Uh, awesome. But I have a lot of work to do in the yeah, next month and a half. And exactly, right? There's not that much time. Yeah. Well, let's jump right in then. So uh, welcome to What We Watch. This is a movie review podcast for movie lovers, TV lovers, and for those who like ranking subjective art form. I like ranking subjective art form. Yeah, you do. That's why you're here on the <laughs> podcast. That's Luke Antonio, everybody. I'm Brandon Elliott. And today we are talking, we are reacting to the Oscar nominations, the 96th Academy Award nominees were announced this morning as of recording, uh, Tuesday the 23rd. And so, yeah, let's uh, let's just get your get your initial reaction, Luke. What, uh, what do you think? What, uh, overall... Like without diving, we'll we'll dive into the categories and we'll kind of get some uh, some favorites going going into this. But uh, overall, what do you think? How do you feel? Where you at? Um, I feel okay. Um, one of my biggest gripes is uh, how do I phrase this? I'm not surprised, but I am disappointed by uh, lack of support for barbie <laughs> really is my biggest gripe really i feel like barbie showed up pretty well actually yes uh for it being a comedy for sure mm-hmm. but um it did get some snubs yes, um, it did. that yes, i it did. was a little shook on uh and and those being uh greta gerwig for mm-hmm. one okay and margot robbie uh got snubbed and those are like i was those were two that I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, those are going to be the noms for Barbie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would think, right, about <laughs> women empowerment. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a meme. Uh, but, I don't know if you've seen this meme, but it's like the way the Oscar nominations played out is the plot to Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of good memes about this. Honestly, this this uproar is... But I like that. Is is There's always, you know some films that just don't make it in or some snubs for whatever reason but it, it, i i like that there's reaction to it because it means that that there's people who are paying attention there's more mainstream you know watchers and viewers and listeners who are actually like care about the awards season uh because it is that chance to award the best of the year and and those who you know don't normally get talked about um and so that's that's what i like and and yeah seeing Seeing those two snubs was honestly not that surprising, but like you said, but disappointing. Yeah, and I was on the on the way over here. I was I was going to ask you, and I was going to push you a little bit. So, uh, in those two categories, uh, who would you who would you knock out to to put Barbie or to put Barbie to put um, Margot Robbie and to put uh, Greta Gerwig in in both those let's start with margot robbie in best actress so the the five that got nominated and we're not i'm not going to go through uh, all of the categories and list everybody but for these two i i want to i want to uh 
list these these five out. So the nominees in Best Actress in a Leading Role is uh, Annette Benning in Nyad, Lily Gladstone in Killers of, of the Flower Moon, Sandra Hewler in Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, and Emma Stone for Poor Things. And that is a pretty... Pretty solid five. I have the one that I would drop for for Margot Robbie. God, I can't talk today. But who would you uh, who would you drop to 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 shove her in? Um, it's a bit of a toss up because I have not seen Nyad or Anatomy of a Fall. Okay. Um, I do believe that Emma Stone should be there, and I did watch Maestro, and Carrie Mulligan was fabulous in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, obviously, the strongest hitter, uh, in my opinion, is Lily Gladstone. So she is a must-have in this category. Okay. So <clears throat> having not seen Nyad or Anatomy of a Fall, um, but compares- comparing them to the other three, I would say one of them would need to go in order for Margot. Okay, okay. Yeah, I so I I have seen um everything in this category. I've seen a lot actually this year. So I'm I'm pretty I don't have as much work to do I'm as proud you. Of you. I still have some work <laughs> to do, but uh we'll get there in, in a bit. But um yeah, net betting it uh, as as Diane Nyad was was she it was a powerful performance, but it just it didn't feel like it really I don't know, it didn't capture the same stuff that you know, like Lily Gladstone, I feel like pushed herself. Sandra Hewler really went in a, you know, interesting emotional direction carrie mulligan you know turned into a powerful performance and i think emma stone just is probably my favorite role that she's done that i've seen i haven't seen the favorite yet but uh of the stuff that i've seen her do i think that's in my opinion her her strongest so i would drop annette benning in my opinion uh for margot robbie but they're pretty close um so again that just doesn't surprise me in that in that category um turning to directing though we've got justine triet again for anatomy of a fall martin scorsese for killers of the flower moon christopher nolan for oppenheimer yorgos lanthimos for poor things jonathan glazer for the zone of interest and again it's another one of those like director actor supporting actor supporting actor like these are all really tight races i mean even leading into the nominations it was kind of a toss up and it was kind of a you know there's just a, there's a lot of great work to to be seen there's a lot of great work to be appreciated i don't know who i would drop off of this list i, I honestly because i mean with jonathan glazer in the zone of interest and i, I won't spoil anything uh, it, but it's you know the subject matter and the way that that movie plays out and the way that that movie was was structured and and actually put together and and you know kind of shoved out into the world i think is something to be to be celebrated i love the direction of poor things i i thought that that was just an interesting take chris nolan is just phenomenal this this might be his year (laughs) i think it might be his year i think it might be his year. however i do i i don't want to go into it i guess we'll we'll get there you want to go into it no no, we'll get there we'll get there all right um with with scorsese and killers i mean again that that would feel like a legacy and justin triet with anatomy of fall you haven't seen that one yet but again that is just such a strong you know strong performance and strong movie with a bunch of lesser known actors to to turn in that kind of of a film is nothing short of impressive. So I legitimately don't know who you knock out to give Greta Gerwig the most successful uh, female director of the year. I have an opinion. Okay. So I, I have not seen the zone of interest yet, mm-hmm. but uh, 
I do think Justine, and I haven't seen Anatomy of a Fall, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. but I do think Justine should stay there, and Jonathan Glazier should would go in favor of Greta Gerwig for, um, if anything, just representation for women. Sure. Sure. Um, I mean, Justine Triet is a female. Yes, exactly. So, which right, is why so I'm saying you kind of want to you want to leave her in. Yeah, and that's where I kind of am as well. Is like Jonathan Glazer, I think is is or Martin Scorsese, but it's again, it's so hard to drop a legacy nomination off yeah. like that because and it. I mean, it I is it Martin, is a good movie, and I think Martin did earn it this year. I do agree with you. I, I do agree with you. I, like everybody, a hundred percent earned it. Yeah, and that's and that's yeah. the thing with with certain categories and certain uproar about snubs is there's just i mean there's only five category there's only five nominations mm-hmm. right there's only there's only five slots so somebody is not going to make it mm-hmm. and that's what makes the in my opinion that this whole thing you know i don't want to say a sham or a charade but it's just really difficult when you stack that many amazing filmmakers up against each other to kind of rank them it, it, it again it is subjective and it is you know to each their own but i mean i i do think we have a good five I do think we have a good five. Is it so much to ask for like honorable mentions? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is that really going to add another hour onto the already super long ceremony? Sure. Let's go with yes. Because <laughs> I don't have an answer for you. Um, no, I think I think an honorable mention would be, I don't know. I, I feel like that's less of like, oh, you know, a, a participation trophy in a way. Yeah, give them all participation <laughs> trophies. <laughs> They work their asses off, people. Yeah. <laughs> I think the participation trophy is congratulations, you made a, f- a fucking yeah. movie. Yeah, for real. <laughs> um, but no, I, I do. I, I totally understand the sentiment and the and the um, the unease about the Oscars and, and especially with representation and moving into this, um, which leads into something that you brought up this morning to me. Uh, this is actually the first year that the Oscars, I believe it's just for Best Picture, but the Oscars have their... Um, diversity rules in place and in effect, and this is the first year. And it, it does, yes, it does specify uh, as it is the first year that the diversity rules for Best Picture category became mandatory. Okay. However, I believe that that should be shared amongst the other categories as well. Um, I mean, we're in 2024 now, like... It should be normalized already. Yeah, that there is just a general um, acknowledgement of diversity yeah. in these awards. Yeah, and I, in the industry in general. Well, really. exactly. hey, not yeah, not just not just with the Academy Award, but with the industry in general. And I don't know where we start. I think again, it just is giving people the opportunity to make the the films they want to make and tell the stories they want to tell. But also, and we we talked about this uh, pretty in length with with the Marvels. Um, our discussion on that episode was: it doesn't necessarily need to be you know a Mexican playing a Mexican or uh, you know a transgender playing a transgender. Like it just the, these actors just need to be playing roles. Period. And to me, that's what equality would be, and that's what true representation actually would be, and not pigeonholing them basically what their stereotype is yeah i mean we were watching um the show dead to me recently and we love her friend christopher but we noticed that this is becoming a thing where you have the um the token gay friend who is just like yep 
the sidekick comedy guy. Yep. Yep. And you know, it's just in in one sense it's it's good that that people are getting work, but on the other hand, let's do what you said mm-hmm. and not just have it be a token gay friend, but he is like, you know, he's an actual person. Right. With depth and, you know. Right. Uh, you know, and it doesn't need to be. And and something I was thinking about uh, with that recently is um, uh, the Boondock Saints does a really good job with that. Is that side character just happens to be gay, right? Willem Dafoe's character just mm-hmm. happens, right? That's just in his nature, but it's not a defining characteristic for that character. Yeah. And I think that that is, is kind of that that avenue that I'd like to see expanded. Not mm-hmm. as, Again, not not, you know, trodden you know, to the, to the, you know, into the world, but actually, you know, looked at and, and go, oh, hey, cool. They are, you know, people and they are, they do have depth and they do have, you know, they can have a happy ending and they can have, no pun intended, they can, you know, <laughs> have more than what we've already seen. And uh, again, I think it it's shifting and I, I, I applaud. It is. You know, the industry and, and, and honestly, the world in general for shifting and changing beliefs. I just wish it would happen faster. Yeah. But yeah, and I mean it should go beyond just um I think we're getting there with certain um underrepresented groups uh gay people mm-hmm. but not trans. Mm-hmm. Gay people, trans community has they still they're it's starting <laughs> with like it's next starting. next next goal wins uh-huh. and that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. But it's not where um some of the other LGBTQ people are at right now. Right. And uh, the black community is is finally, you know, becoming normalized. You see, like, if if I watch a show and there's not a black person, I'm, li- I'm just like, this is... What the fuck? It's so white bread. <laughs> it's just... It's right. so plain. Right. It's um, so white bread. <laughs> okay. Okay. And um, I don't know if you remember this about me, but I am... I do have Mayan ancestry. Mm-hmm. Um so and I am married to an Arab woman, mm-hmm. um, so I know this means a lot to her. And having my own lineage, you know, means something to me. But I, you know, it's there are still uh, there's still a ways to go. Yes. Um, yes. Lily Gladstone is a huge. That's a huge leap for Indigenous people. Yeah. Um, Reservation Dogs didn't get the acknowledgement it should have. But it is a fantastic show. Uh, stuff like that. Sure. Um, yeah. So, I mean... And, and but, but on the other hand, I was talking to my wife, and she was talking about how there is probably <laughs> 0% of directors out in this industry who are Arab women. There are some Arab men directors yeah. um, coming out. But... I, I, I hope it's more than 0%, but... Yeah. Uh, as far as those who are known, absolutely, I agree with that. Is is you know where, and then that that I I don't know if begs the question is the right term, but you know it brings up an interesting question in my opinion of how many are are out there who are who are trying to do that and make a living off of that, mm-hmm. but then that also kind of feeds into well, is are there not that many because there aren't that many to be seen, right? Is there is there any you know anybody any role models for young? Arab women to look up to to go oh they blaze the trail I want to do that I, I can do it too 
and so it, it kind of is is a two hander with that. Is you know at some point somebody needs to to take that step forward and be recognized. At the same time, you know, just who you know who is it? Who who's out there? And her name is Nala Zanati, and yes. she is breaking in. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> she is coming up. She's coming. She's coming for you. Yeah. Twenty twenty six. Watch out for Nala. Uh, all right, so let's uh, before we jump into the the Oscars, I wanted to get your thoughts on the two awards uh, shows that we have already seen mm-hmm. um, and that have already actually been awarded for everything. So we've had the Golden Globes and we've had the Critics' Choice Awards. Um, I know we both were kind of paying attention to the Golden Globes. Yeah. Uh, I know you weren't paying too close of attention to the Critics' Choice. Um, so how did you do overall with the with the Globes? The Globes, I did good. Um, let me pull that up real quick. So while you're looking, I'll go ahead and... So uh, I did really well with the Globes. Um, I got 12 out of the 15 categories uh, correct, which I was ecstatic about, and, you know, thought that that was a pretty good accomplishment. Um, And there were only... There were only two of mine that... Now my computer's being all wonky. So I I got 12, 12 correct... Um, only one of those was my second choice and the others were, uh, one of them was my third choice because I do, I rank everything, uh, actually, you know, and give myself points for, you know, as close as I can. And the one that I missed completely on was on screenplay, which was, uh, awarded to anatomy of a fall. Yeah. So that was a shocker. Huge upset in my opinion. Uh, I I had no idea that that was uh, as strong as it was, but I should have listened to myself because <laughs> way back when Matt and I talked about that on on that uh, solo episode, we I, I brought up I said if anything's going to get nominated, it's going to be it's going to be uh, Sandra Hewler for acting, and it's going to be the screenplay. It, it uh, you know, lo and behold, right? That's its strongest uh, strongest case. So, so I tied you uh, twelve out of fifteen. And then I got another two runner-ups. I only do r- one runner-up, Brandon. Mm, okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got you I guess, a, a total of 14 out of 15. The one that I did miss was the same one um, with Anatomy of a Fall. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then moving into the Critics' Choice Awards, um, I personally did a lot worse. I only got 11 of the 21 categories, uh, and only one of them was my second choice. Nine of them were third or lower. So I was all over the place with the Critics' Choice. Uh, That's why I don't watch, because for me, the Critics' Choice and the People's Choice are so Mm one-sided. It does not represent the whole entirety of, like, the Academy is is people who work in the industry, right? That's why I follow the Academy Awards and the Emmys, too, Mm -hmm. but... um, but I mean the the Golden Globes, you know that that voting body is much smaller, mm-hmm. and I think I don't I don't know if any of them or many of them are part of the Academy. Um, but then the Guild Awards are also something something to watch, and we haven't got there. BAFTA, I believe some of them are in the Academy, but not all of them. So it's kind of you know not necessarily all over the place, but it's it definitely got a lot of variety and a lot of different opinions can be shared. Um, but I think it also kind of gives a, a roadmap to the Academy Awards, at least as far, far as I've been following them as as in depth. It seems to be, you know, when there is a trend that it kind of kind of stays the same. Mm-hmm. But I think the Academy pool is growing and that's um, that's a good thing. That's why you're seeing more movies like Barbie getting mm-hmm. nominated. Mm-hmm. That's why you're seeing a lot more diversity 
and people advocating for mandatory diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like uh, in every year, I do my own grading system for the movies I've watched that entire year, and I've noticed that I sometimes I'll agree with the critics and sometimes I'll agree with the people. Sometimes it's split in the middle. And that's why I don't necessarily follow either critics or people's because it's just as somebody who is currently emerging in the industry too. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't feel like the critics always are right. And I don't feel like the people are always right. Yeah. It, and yeah. the Academy to me is becoming a more well-rounded um, group of, uh, voters. Yeah, I I agree that the academy is becoming more diverse and and a more well-rounded, but I still think the academy gets it wrong all the time, you know. But again, this is subjective. So, like you said, you know, sometimes the critics get it wrong, sometimes the people's choice get it wrong. And I don't follow the people's choice myself, because mm-hmm. uh, again, I don't agree with a lot of what the masses have to say and what what they enjoy. For example, I went to see the, the beekeeper the other night, and uh. Three people walked out and said, that was a pretty good movie. And I'm sitting there going, that was boring and <laughs> like I have a so tropey and like comedic how bad it was, in my opinion. Uh, there's a reason I got a January release. Also true. Also true. <laughs> but like, so again, so like I don't I don't follow like what the people's choice says because I don't think that a lot of people are very informed or have critical minds when it comes to movies and film and TV. Um or I, I'm on the complete opposite side where maybe I'm a little bit too critical, right? Maybe I lean towards towards the critics side of things and going, you know, a lot more uh, in depth and, and um, kind of look, pe- peel everything apart, maybe a little bit too much. Is that why you have this podcast? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need I need a platform. All right. <laughs> I have opinions. <laughs> That should have been our tag this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> we watched movies, yes. and we have opinions. We've got opinions. <laughs> Sit back, strap in, and prepare to question your choices. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so last question before we jump in. Uh, are you going to follow the remaining uh, major awards that are left and uh those at least that i've and and maybe i'm wrong but the ones that i have deemed uh are the major awards are the the four big guilds and baftas along with golden globes and critics choice i think those uh all kind of lead into the academy awards nicely those are big enough that uh people pay attention that it influences what some of the other categories do mm-hmm. um i haven't gone as in depth as following like the hair and makeup guild and the you know costume designers guild and that that kind of stuff uh because a i don't have that kind of time i don't get paid for it yet uh and b subscribe to patreon <laughs> subscribe to our patreon <laughs> uh please pay my bills and i don't know it, it, it just uh the major I think there needs to be a limit to uh, how many times you can do or you should analyze awards. Um, so when you have the, these major ones, it kind of helps string it along a little bit quicker. Yeah. Um, I won't go into depth on those award ceremonies, but I will check them out um, and base an educated opinion on my predictions for the Oscars based go. off of what as what they've been doing in the other okay. uh, and the other award ceremonies sweet um well yeah i will uh i will try and get ballots out uh for all of those other major awards for anyone who wants to 
put their put their opinion out into the world and let's head into our main topic which is the academy awards for 2023 or is it 2024 that's a question that i've always wanted to ask somebody and i don't know the answer to because it's technically right the 2024 telecast but it's mm-hmm. honoring the 2023 movies um I think it's both. <laughs> <laughs> that was the wrong answer. Uh, well, according to Wikipedia, it will honor the best films of 2023. That's what I said. So, so for the 96th Annual <laughs> Academy go. Awards, <laughs> uh, for for this telecast, there are 53 total nominees, and that includes all of the shorts. Wow. So if you take out the uh, 15 shorts, there's only 38 feature films left. Uh, I've done a breakdown myself, because like I told you, I'm insane. (laughs) If you take out the shorts, which I haven't seen any of, because they're very difficult to see, and I haven't gotten onto the festival circuit yet. Uh, If you take that out, I only have 15 movies left to go. So... Wow, good Take for that. you. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to be running a hardcore marathon yeah. over the next month and a half. <laughs> and have two or three screens going at every t- at all times. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, don't forget to shave. Um, but yeah, do you do you have an idea of how many uh you think you've seen you you were telling me you think maybe about a half? Maybe. Okay. Maybe half. Okay. Again, and take 15, 15 out of so let's just go with 38 of the features. Are you going to try and see, are you Are you going to do the death race this year? Oh, I do it every oh, year. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Good, good, good. Good for you. Yes. Uh, I'm usually more on top of my shit. Well, that's, but... what, that's what you get for uh, diving into TV. Yeah. I, yeah, I told you. <laughs> 2023 was a year for TV for me. And I don't regret it because there good. was a lot of wonderful series yeah. that were released. And it just is is nice to see people be able to tell the story in the time they want to mm-hmm. and not have to cram it into a 90-minute digestible, you know, audience-friendly yeah. version, right? And that's what I want to tell the filmmakers like Christopher Nolan and Martin Scorsese. Like, Ridley Scott, just accept it. <laughs> their, their movies were good, but they... C- seem like they have so much more to say and they're trying to cram it all into a three-hour movie and if they just accepted uh tv as a format as a medium then i think they would they could go more in depth as much as they want Mm -hmm. and really give us time to get to know these characters and get to know these plot lines Mm -hmm. um i'm getting a little sick of nolan's like montage after montage in order to get to where we need to be Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what montages are for, Christopher. Um, yeah, you tell him, <laughs> Christopher. Uh, by the way, we love you at the on the podcast. Here, what we watched. You were an inspiration for why I got into film. We do, <laughs> we do not endorse the uh, opinions and views of uh, Luke Antonio. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I do. I completely understand, and and I sympathize with that. Uh, and and I agree. Sometimes it just gets old seeing the same type of storytelling device. Whether it's used properly or not, sometimes it just gets old, mm-hmm. period. But, you know, it doesn't get old. Visual effects. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you like the, that segue? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sometimes they're good. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I want to start at, at the bottom and, and work our way uh, towards the top. So let's let's start with visual effects. Um, 
And and like I mentioned, I want to just do, you know, top two, maybe three, if we think it's a tight category. Um, for anybody who wants to take a look at the, the entire nominations list, I mean, they're all over um, the internet. Uh, I'll post on, on uh, Twitter and Facebook. I'll post uh, this document as well for anyone who wants to see everything. Um, but for visual effects, it's my top two are either The Creator or Godzilla Minus One. I think those are pretty... Mm-hmm far and above the the other four um but what are your thoughts godzilla minus one for sure okay um but not and i gotta disagree with you on the creator and go with guardians of the galaxy okay yeah guardians did a really good job with with that um i just don't think it, it has that big that good of a chance to be honest with you um i mean the this is one of those categories that marvel has actually excelled in in the past Mm -hmm. Um, they don't get a lot of recognition in a lot of the other categories, but VFX has been one of their top ones. Sure. That they do get acknowledged for, so. True. And especially compared to more recent Marvel garbage that's come out, um, and I am a Marvel fan, uh, and it hurts to say that, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, that there has been some garbage lately. Guardians just like outshined a lot of the stuff that's come out. Yeah. Um, I don't remember crying over a visually animated character since probably planet of the apes. Really? Planet of the apes came okay. out. Okay. Okay. Um, but guardians got, got me there for yeah. sure. Yeah. Anything visually, the, the visual effects is what helped catapult that emotion. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, along with the mocap actors. Sure. And, and, you know, Bradley Cooper's and the, other voice talent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, VFX definitely is, um, plays a part in that. Cause like animate character animators are like actors, right? When you're visually capturing a character, you have to portray their, their body gestures and their, uh, facial expressions. Right. And, and I wonder if that's why, um, Oppenheimer was left off this list mm-hmm. um, for for the uh, incredible amount of realism that Oppenheimer created. You know, without CGI, without computer graphics, I feel like the visual, the, the VFX uh, category is there to honor those animators, yeah, um, more so. And I feel like that's why that movie was quote unquote snubbed off of this category. Again, it looked fantastic, but it just isn't quite the same. When you when you're using another medium, Christopher Nolan is like the pioneer of of uh, practical effects, right? But that's the difference between visual effects and special effects. Is right. special effects is on set. I always remember because the yes special set on set is special effects. Visual effects is video editing and animating um, visual effects. So right. yeah, I, I've never understood why some of these movies that do more practical effects have been nominated in this category. Cause to me, that's not, not accurate. <laughs> A little um, category fraud. And other, other than that, I mean, that was, there was one scene in Oppenheimer that had a major practical effect in it, mm-hmm. which is, it was big. Yeah. But compared to the amount that he's put into other films, or, or even, or just compared to the, you know, let the, these five that are yeah. that are here. I mean, there's just not as much. And again, it's not to say that it isn't impressive, but um, so at least we agree on at least Godzilla minus one. Oh yeah, <laughs> really, really, really good. And by the way, 
Uh, two things about that. Uh, one, it's the first Godzilla film to ever be nominated for an Oscar. And two, Hell yeah. uh, Godzilla will minus one will be coming back to theaters in black and white. Godzilla minus one minus color. I'm psyched. Oh, I'm definitely. I, I I'm gonna go see that. 100. So. percent Absolutely. Uh, so all right. So let's move on to best sound, which is kind of interesting. Uh, again, speaking of Godzilla, I thought that was by far one of the best sound designs yes. of the year. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised and a little bit very disappointed that uh, that got left off. Yeah, that was a major snub. So for what it is. Again, you haven't seen it yet, but Zone of Interest is is up there in my opinion. I think, I think I'm gonna go my two or Zone of Interest and the Creator. Interesting. Maestro would be a close third, though. Interesting. Okay. Um, I have not seen Mission Impossible. I haven't either. <laughs> I was hoping I wouldn't have to. I was hoping the same. <laughs> um, but I was also hoping I wouldn't have to see Top Gun last year, and I did. Uh, oh, see, I I liked Top Gun. I wasn't I did, expecting I to like Top Gun. I ended up liking it, but I didn't <laughs> want to because it's so pro-military, and it's not that I'm against veterans or anything like that. It's just that I am against perpetuating the military and glorifying it in these movies. We've seen so many movies where it just glorifies the military, and I really didn't want to watch, watch another one. Um, it's just like... Yeah. Uh, so now I'm gonna have to watch another Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> <laughs> you sounds so upset about that. Uh, just a little bit. But I think Oppenheimer did have some really great sound choices. And one thing that I am happy with that they uh, years ago they combined. There used to be two best sound categories: it was sound editing and sound mixing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, "What's the difference?" And I am glad that they did combine that. I know they're different jobs. Editing is more of the creation of sound, and mixing is more how the volumes and the pans and the fades all come together. But having one sound category almost tells me that like these are the sound choices that were made in that film, which includes an omniscient of sound mm-hmm. at, in ch- chosen uh, parts. And I think Oppenheimer really displayed that well. Yeah. is like during that explosion right before the bomb actually cracked yeah, yeah that, that omission of sound was in i mean you're sitting in the theater and nobody mm-hmm. is breathing yeah that is it's that is powerful i i i agree with you there so so that okay so that's one. one of mine okay um and then uh, yeah i would probably give the creator um there were <laughs> This was not a great movie. Uh, <laughs> really? In my opinion. Oh, I, I enjoyed it. It was fun. <sighs> I enjoyed it. And, and what I liked about the creator, uh, not to dive too deep into it, but I, I liked that it was a fresh take on sci-fi. Like, it, it it just was its own thing. I definitely thought that, that was, it was an interesting story, um, and, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought the concept was there, but it just could have used better writing. Like the characters, can you name one character? Damn it! Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the characters were just. Can you name anyone off of Oppenheimer? Don't oh. answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I would, but but sound for the creator was good. So I'd probably go creator and okay. Oppenheimer. Sweet, sweet. Uh, all right, so on to film editing. This one, this one's tough because i don't know i don't know that i love any of these choices to be honest with you i think my top two are gonna be probably 
God, it's a tie between Killers and Oppenheimer. I'm going to go Poor Things for one, and I think I'm going to go initially, I think I'm going to go Killers. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll probably meet you there. Okay. On those okay. two. Yeah. Yeah, this one, I don't know what it is. I, I mean, again, initial reactions, plenty of time to change my mind, but there's just not a lot of... The, these five are not that strong. Can I talk about some snubs in this category? Yeah. Barbie for one. Okay. I thought Barbie had some really great editing. Um, I also, I, I don't understand everyone's hatred towards Asteroid City last year. Yeah, that just got left yeah. in the dust. Um, completely in the dust. But also, if you look at the Rotten Tomato scores for both critics and audience, mm-hmm. they're low. And I'm like, this was phenomenal. This was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was some solid editing, as per usual for Wes Anderson movies. Um, Very tight. Yeah. Uh, so I would, I would have definitely had um, Asteroid City in this category. Um, and yeah, there's nothing off the top of my head that screams like this needs to be in or this need needed to needed to have been in. I had some problems with Ferrari, but I did think the editing was really good. Okay. Um, also, the sound in Ferrari was okay. was pretty solid too. Yeah. Um, so those I I I had a disappointing time uh, seeing Ferrari. It must have been the theater. Hat was like just off, like the the speakers were were not synced properly, mm-hmm. and so they created like this hollow like echo almost, mm-hmm. and it was impossible to like pay attention and actually appreciate. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So there was some there was some good audio, good sound. Okay, I I believe you. I believe you. Uh, all right, let's move on to production design. All right. This one, this one, I think is going to be a, a really close race. This one is definitely. Got a lot of heavy hitters. Uh, I'm going to give it either to Barbie or Poor Things, mm. personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Napoleon. That's a pretty close third, and I don't want to really? say anything good about that movie. <laughs> anything, see, I, anything else. I would meet you at Barbie and Poor Things, but I would say Killers of the Flower Moon would be the third choice okay. over Napoleon. Okay. Um, especially considering how much... Uh, uh, slack it got for uh, lack of accuracy at in that time period. Yep. Um, I'm I was kind of surprised to see it here because production design in a period piece is like the one thing that you need to nail, right? That you have to. And I, th- I from from what I saw, that was the production design, the costumes, and the hair and makeup were the only like true truly wow factors in my opinion for Napoleon. So I'm not surprised to see it on this list. Honestly, it just that that definitely looked really good. The rest of it was garbage, and that, that I'll, I'll quit ragging on that movie. But yeah, Barbie for sure, Poor Things for sure. Um, those those two were definitely the most interesting uh, designs, in my opinion. Um, again, I am surprised Asteroid City's not on there, and and maybe more so Wonka. Wonka production design for Wonka was like one of the strongest parts of that movie. It really is gorgeous visual spectacle. It's so unfortunate that nobody loves Wonka like I do. As I, I didn't. I went in not expecting to to you know love it. I expected to kind of enjoy it, Mm -hmm. but it blew me away. And and to not see it on the production design list breaks my heart. But see, I don't, I don't understand that because I do have a lot of other film friends like you. And people that you know have knowledgeable opinions as well, who all said Wonka was great, and they don't understand the hate where it, it is. gets either. Yeah, 
So it's it's just weird. Is it, it? Could it be that it was released too late? Could it be that it was re- released like right as the strikes were lifting, and so all of the talk shifted to the mainstream awards contenders? Mm-hmm. Could it be that again? This is uh existing IP and people are starting to get sick of it regardless. I mean, I, I legitimately don't know, uh, but it does break my heart. Cause I think that that one is, is truly one of the, one of the best of the year. Yeah. So yeah. On to original score. <laughs> let's, let's do, let's do some, uh, some more music. So score score. I think I'm going to go poor things. Absolutely. And probably Oppenheimer. Um, so I do want to point out, I believe it is this category, but let me just double check before I... Okay. Yeah. Um, so there is a posthumous award nomination here. Oh, is there? Um, for Robbie Robertson in Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, I didn't know this was posthumous. Yeah. Um. That's too bad. And I think that's would be one of mine anyway. Okay. But I always, I think it's respectful to honor people who have passed and... Um, as well, mm-hmm. but it, it was also just a solid score. Mm-hmm. Um, Oppenheimer, uh, yeah, Poor Things was interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it was unsettling. Uh, so I don't know if I like it, but it fits. But it fits, right? It's just, it's, so it's it's a very mixed feeling I have about that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's okay. You could say you like it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it works for for the story sure. and you know maybe that's that's what it comes down to but you know i mean that's it's not for, it's not a pretty score i don't know i think it's 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 pretty because it's unique it's pretty because it's bizarre and because it's weird and because mm-hmm. it you know it, it, a lot of things clash but it it does work and and then when you put it in the context of the film itself it absolutely shines um, and then of course we got to shout out John Williams has a chance because it's John fucking Williams. But why? Cause it's John fucking it's, Williams. It's the fifth Indiana Jones movie. Cause it's, sorry, I, I guess I wasn't clear. Cause it's John fucking Williams. Did Hans Zimmer not <laughs> score anything this year? <laughs> you know, that's what Nolan's missing these days too, is some Zimmer scores. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Lud- Ludwig Göransson's Oppenheimer was, was pretty epic pretty yeah. enthralling yeah uh at the same time it's he is no Hans zimmer i do agree uh original song i mean i don't want it to be i'm just ken but i just have this feeling it Why? like it's gonna fucking like, <laughs> i want it else to be i'm a, just ken i don't think anything else has a chance because it's not as good as the rest it just isn't i haven't seen american symphony so i can't speak to that um but I think what was I made for was was haunting and beautiful and, and it made won the me Golden tear up. Globe. And it won the Golden Globe. Um, and it's Billie Eilish. And it's Billie Eilish who has won. I mean, that kid, oh my God, is I, I can't wait to follow her career. So what was I made for is my is definitely mine. And I hate that I'm going to say I'm just Ken is my other one. Absolutely. Because I just, I, I have this nagging feeling that it's going to win. Um, although I do want to shout out, I agree with both of your choices there but i do want to shout out the uh song from killers of the flower moon um i believe that was was that the credit song right maybe um maybe and i remember hearing it and being like oh this is gonna get nominated mm-hmm. and sure enough okay uh 
I'm I'm upset that Rustin isn't getting uh, a- enough attention. Um, I'm glad when we get to to acting category, he's there. But Rustin, uh, the the song that Lenny Kravitz did for Rustin was amazing and was all over. Um, I believe Critics' Choice or the Golden Globes, and I'm pretty sure Interesting. was in conversation for a BAFTA. I can't remember off the top of my head now if it was made well, it. So that's made surprising it there. that it's not on there. But then. exactly right, and and yeah, that film is also another one that is nowhere to be seen. Basically, it's on Netflix, so it can be seen, but it's nowhere to be seen in the uh, Academy Award nominations, and that's just very upsetting. I'm gonna throw out a, a half joke snub. <laughs> okay. Uh, that I think is equally as good as I'm just Ken, and that's Peaches, Peaches, Peaches. Ah, uh, yes! <laughs> How could I forget? <laughs> Come on, Academy. You don't Everyone need two Barbie. The, no, that that song was like <laughs> the was, most sung song since uh, we don't talk about Bruno. That was everywhere. <laughs> it was everywhere. And come on, what an amazing show would it be to see Jack Black as Bowser yes. at the Academy Awards singing Peaches. Absolutely. Come on. Um, Missed opportunity. And then on a more serious note, <laughs> uh, Wonka again. Uh-huh. There were a couple mm-hmm. of really great songs in that movie. There were The whole soundtrack was pretty good. Oh, the whole soundtrack but was, was a couple great. of those really stood mm-hmm. out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm surprised none of them yeah, got no- on there. The, the noodle one... That that one that one broke my heart. Uh, I don't know. There, yeah, there were a couple for sure that were. Again, I don't know why it it it, it just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for shouting that that out. Yeah. Uh, on to makeup and hairstyling. I have got no idea because this is the one where I've only seen three of the five at this current moment, so I can really only go with what I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why I'm glad that I'm going to try and do uh, you know an official uh, ballot later for the for the show. But I'm going Maestro and I'm going Poor Things. Like I said, just based on what I know. Yeah, um, yeah, I probably go with those as well. Um, n- nothing really stood out to me about Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right, exactly. Like, it but just... Maestro had that has. Okay, spoiler alert. Uh, especially the scene with Carrie Mulligan when she is deep into uh, the her cancer. Yep. Um, yeah, they really, did aging really well. Yeah, on both her and Bradley. Yeah, but really well. That, and then of course that that prosthetic uh, prosthetic nose that was, had some people in an uproar for a minute. Yeah. But but uh, did you did you read anything on that? Because what I read is they did consult his kids, his okay. act, Leonard Bernstein's kids, and they were like, "Yeah, this would be fine. Like, we don't have a problem with it." They also consulted um, some Jewish society that I'm blinking on the name of, but uh, if really, you, if you go, if you do your research, you can find that they did actually, mm-hmm. they were respectful about it, mm-hmm. and people that are getting upset about it probably don't know that. Um, uh, I can almost guarantee that nobody <laughs> knows that. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't even know that, so that's that's great to hear, and, and again, kind of shows... Uh, when when we get to that category, kind of shows the dedication that Bradley Cooper put into this film. Mm-hmm. Like this is really a, a really solid, well made, uh, well made film. Um, and then costume design. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. W- go one ahead. sec. Uh, a snub in this category. I got to give it to the Iron Claw for hair and makeup. Yeah, yeah. I I can understand that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I, I didn't particularly... I mean, it was a fine movie, right? Mm. It was it was a little frustrating for me to watch because stupid people making stupid choices in their sure. life. Sure. But the hair and makeup was just fabulous and fit the time. Yeah. And, like, it really transformed Zac Efron and uh, Jeremy Allen White. What do you mean transformed Zac Efron? Transformed him back into high school musical Zac <laughs> Efron? <laughs> Yeah, at his age, <laughs> that is a feat. <laughs> Love you, Zach. Give him, um, yeah. <laughs> give him a bowl cut. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. But yeah, I think that was that was probably the biggest snub in that category. I don't know. I think I think it's interesting that Guardians got left off of this one. Fair makeup. Mm-hmm. Explain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Not that I disagree with they, you. They, but what is your? I don't know. They had to put reason? a lot of work into into creating those characters that weren't CGI and, mm-hmm. and that weren't, you know, heavily with, with the VFX. So I'm just, and I've seen uh, other guardians or other Marvel uh, movies be in this category. So again, it's just yeah. kind of surprising sure. that uh, it didn't go that direction. I agree. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know a ton of snubs off the top of my head <laughs> for all of these. No. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Uh, all right, cool. Uh, let's do costume design. What do you think? What are you two? Um, Killers of the flower moon and Barbie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for me, it's poor things, and probably Barbie. But again, Napoleon's right there for for how well they made the you know how, the, those costumes and realistic how well they made them look, how well they made those costumes. That's really difficult to not say. Napoleon for that one, but Poor Things I think is is by far the front runner in my opinion. And I gotta give another shout out to Wonka again. Yep. Where is that purple jacket? <sighs> and Tisk. uh probably Asteroid City too mm-hmm. had some solid costumes, but most Wes Anderson movies are usually do. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about uh, cinematography moving into some of the uh, heavy hitters? I loved Killers of the Flower Moon uh, cinematography. There is one shot that especially um, sticks out in my mind where it was like silhouetted mm-hmm. and the fire was mm-hmm. in the background. You I remember know that yep. shot. I know exactly what you're talking like, about. Gorgeous, gorgeously framed and shot. It's mm-hmm. just the lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And throughout that movie too, there was just a lot of really great uh, cinematography. Uh Maestro had some really, really cool like uh, transition shots uh-huh. um, throughout. That is true. I, I, yeah, we haven't talked about that. So I think that uh, sh- deserves to be on here. I haven't seen El Conde, but um, Oppenheimer, of course. Um, especially if anything, just for the bomb scene. Yeah. Um, and poor things. Uh, so yeah, I got to shout out all four of those. Poor things had really strong cinematography that told the story, got mm-hmm. us in her head, mm-hmm. um, really unique. And yeah. Um, I don't know if I can boil it down yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I'm just going to shout out all four of them because right. they all deserve to be on here. I, I definitely agree with you. Um, I'm sure El Conde is, is great as well. Um, visually. I'm, I'm excited to see that one. Uh, this one's definitely going to be tough to, to narrow down, in my opinion. I, I have a feeling uh, Hoyta is going to win for Oppenheimer, but I think my top two is Oppenheimer and Poor Things right now. And again, that could change, but there's there's great things to talk about with, with every single one of these. And it's difficult to narrow down. 
Um, I'm I'm going to skip over the shorts just because yeah. we haven't seen any of these. Uh, so right now, all of them are up in the, are, you know, could, could have a chance. Um, are you are you one to try and seek out the shorts individually or are you one who likes to go uh, for the like hour and a half, two hour like feature where they show all five? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I go to those. Okay, cool. Me too. Cause I think those are, I don't know. There's something of it, it festival E mm-hmm. about watching them that in that way. Yep. At the same time, it can be very draining. So, all especially right. the documentaries. Oh God. Oh God. The, uh, the white helmets year. Yeah. I mean, had me in fucking shambles. Yeah. I was, I was a wreck that night. Mm-hmm. It seems like every year there's just documentary. I always look forward to animated ones cause they're usually lighter. They're usually lighter. <laughs> usually. Usually keyword. Uh, yeah. So, all right, we'll hold off on those. We'll, uh, we'll skip into, I don't know. Do you want to? I don't know if I could talk about international features yet. I haven't seen any. I'm shocked. Shame on France. Shame on France for not picking Anatomy of a Fall and going with something else. I don't know. I can't remember what what their um what their what their submission was. I mean, and and it made the short list, but shame on them because Anatomy of a Fall was. How a was it nominated for Best dunk. Picture? Exactly. But not- that's what I mean. That's so weird. That's beca- because it was nominated for best best picture because it was one of the best pictures of the year, Luke. That's that's the the reason. So why France thought that that movie wasn't going to be strong enough for its sub- submission for international feature makes absolutely no sense to me. And so that I'm very upset about. How many of these have you seen? I've I've seen uh, just the Zone of Interest. Okay, Society of the Snow I know is on uh, Netflix, and the others I'm going to hope you know be seeking out before the show. Um, so right now I can only speak to the zone of interest and how powerful that is only because I've seen that one. It's hard to, to say that's going to win. And I did look this up, but Godzilla minus one was not submitted. Right. I did hear that. Which is also Mm -hmm. so disappointing. You guys go for it. Right. The least you can do is not make it right. But at least you went for it. Everyone loves this movie. They didn't think anything of it. I don't know what the producers were doing over there. (sighs) But yeah, they definitely had a winner on their hand. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, cool. Let's do, again, same with documentary. I'm going to I'm gonna skip over that one because I haven't seen any of these. No, not yet. So that one that one's up in the air right now. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to that one. I've seen four of the five animated features. I have seen, wow, which, which was the fourth? Nimona or Robot Dreams? Uh, the one I have not seen is Robot Dreams. Okay, because I haven't seen Nimona, but I know it's on Netflix. Nimona so is fantastic. I, I was upset available. that it was snubbed at the Golden Globes. Yeah. And when I opened up the noms today, I was like, yes! <laughs> it so deserves okay. this nomination. Okay. It is, the for one, the journey that movie made, took to get made. Mm-hmm. It was originally uh, a comic by a non-binary artist um, who was trying to get this picked up pitched it to blue sky mm-hmm. blue sky was gonna make it got bought out by disney went under disney just you know um dissolved the company mm-hmm. of, and then disney was like oh, we don't want to do this because disney because um, <laughs> disney and then luckily they got out of whatever contract they had and w- they were able to pitch it to netflix mm-hmm. um so that for one the journey it, it took and then the art is just gorgeous. It's got this wonderful style. 
and the writing is is so much fun. I had more. It's kind of a, like a D and D esque fantasy really movie really. And I had more fun watching it than the actual D and D movie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> last year. wow. Um, although wow. maybe the D and D movie should have got a costume nom and a production design nom. Yeah. But yeah. I think it just came out too early in the year. Probably. But also, got, again, it's... It's, it's d and <laughs> It's kids-leaning. It's uh, it's sci-fi adventure fantasy. It's D&D. Yeah. But yeah, it should have. It was well-made. So mm-hmm. it definitely should have been at least thought of. Um, okay, so you're definitely going to Mona. What's, uh, what's your other one? Um, I got to do three. Ele- okay. I don't believe Elemental should be on here. You don't think it should even be on here? No. Uh, I like the concept of Elemental, but Pixar had a great opportunity to grow their animation style with mm-hmm. this movie, mm-hmm. and they just chose to go with the same polish, over-polished look that they do with everything. I and for a movie about you. elements, you'd think that they would have more detail in those elements. You'd think there'd be like, you could, I could, like, I should be able to feel the elements I'm watching, and I right. did not. Yeah, this felt very early 2000s mm-hmm. uh, Pixar to me. So um, what with, I with a good story, but you're right. The animation just wasn't quite what I would hope it could be. Mm-hmm. I'm super passionate about animation. So <laughs> sorry if I, I get stuck on this category for a second. But Elemental shouldn't be there. In its place should be TMNT or Super Mario Bros. I'm very surprised that neither of those made the list. Yeah, um, both of those, again, were, were interesting. I think Super Mario Bros. probably was a little bit too polished. I maybe if you're going to give it something. It's a well-rounded movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, but as far as animation, TMNT Mutant Mayhem was just so uh, That was yeah, so well animated. Maybe not, the, maybe not the the you know most relatable story because mm-hmm. it's very Gen Z and it's very you know teenage. Mm-hmm. But again, that's the whole fucking point. That's the whole... Uh, you, can't, you can't knock it because you don't like connect with it it that that's not fair that's yeah. not, and you're right the animation for tmnt was was inventive mm-hmm. and creative and fun to watch yep. uh and it was a decent movie overall but yeah so that one needs... so i would substitute okay. elemental for okay. one of either super mario bros or team and t okay nimona definitely deserves to be there um the boy in the heron so i only got started on miyazaki films over the last couple of years i'm a late bloomer <laughs> to ghibli um, good. I'm not the only one. Into anime in general, uh, and I have seen a good handful or so of Miyazaki's films. Boy in the Heron was good, right? I did not think it compared to some of his other stuff, and I did not think it deserved to win over Spider Verse at the Golden Globes. Spider Verse is my top choice. Okay, one of the again the animation art style and the amount of work and effort that it took to make that movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Does it does it bother you or does it does it worry you that that it's n- an incomplete movie because no. it's part part two of three and technically part one of two? No, it doesn't. Okay, I think it as a movie on its own. It's, okay, it was fantastic. Because yeah, someone was was talking about how it's if you follow it from Gwen's perspective, then it really is a whole arc and mm-hmm. it is a whole complete movie uh, that just happens to have a cliffhanger at the end. That's another way to recontextualize it. Totally. Um, I definitely, I, I will echo a lot of what you've said. Um, agree with Boy on the Heron was good. Uh, I didn't think it was astounding. Um, I also, again, missed out uh, on, on Ghibli growing up. So maybe that's part of the reason why I'm just not in love with every single thing he does. 
Um, I do recognize his talent and, and Miyazaki's uh, vision and, and artistry. Absolutely. Is, it definitely is, deserves to be nominated. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and again, wouldn't be surprising if they went with the legacy. To be honest, it, it could yeah. be the last time they could give him an Oscar. Yep. I hope that it's, that's not the case because it's, in my opinion, it's one of the weaker ones. Yeah. Um, again, now that, and that's me, me saying I haven't seen two of them. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse by, by far, hands down, is the number one. Um, because I haven't, I, I don't care for Elemental as much and I haven't seen the, uh, the other two. I, I guess I've got to go with Boy and the Heron, but Spider-Man 100% right now, uh, is, is my pick and I hope, I hope it goes to that. And and not not to um, not not to plug another podcast, but I'm going to anyway. Do it. Uh, there is an animation podcast called the Bancroft Brothers Animation Podcast. Um, Tony Banco- Bancroft uh, directed Mulan, and he directed the English version of Porco Rosso, which is another Miyazaki movie. Um, and uh, his brother uh, Tom Bancroft is they have this podcast they're both animators came from disney and they have a wonderful episode with the filmmakers of nimona cool um and i think they they have a a whole episode dedicated to miyazaki um and then they also have um a spider-verse podcast episode cool uh so definitely recommend checking out their uh podcast the bancroft brothers animation podcast awesome yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to throw a link in the uh, in the show notes for that one. Uh, that sounds interesting, I, and I, I hope that we can start doing some more interviews um, here on this show because I love getting to talk to filmmakers um, and and just especially like animators and costume designers and you know stylists like mm-hmm. the people who put in this so much work that never really get recognized or appreciated. Um, so to so to hear you know that there's another animated. Uh, or a podcast talking about animated stuff, like specifically, that's very exciting to hear. Uh, let's do my two favorite categories um, of of the Oscars every year, and one that if I don't win, I feel ashamed. <laughs> if I don't, if I don't guess correctly, I feel ashamed. Um, and I will just preface the writing categories with um, the WGA had its own rules about what could get submitted this year. Um, that there were some things that were omitted because they were worked on under the uh, contract or submitted under, under the, the contract while the strike was still happening. So there's just some things that, that aren't weren't going to make it, period. Uh, and also, I don't uh, understand... Well, let's just... Let, uh, let's open with... I don't understand why Barbie is an adapted screenplay and not an original screenplay because it's based off of characters. I was literally, I was literally having this conversation with uh, my wife earlier okay? because she was like, this does not make sense. Why is it adapted? Uh-huh. It's just because it's based off of characters it does not make it an adaption. If it was adapted from like, there have been like Barbie shows and mm-hmm. Barbie animated movies. Mm-hmm. If it was adapted from one of those, that'd be different. Right. But, it is an original screenplay. Right. I agree. Right. It's original. It's an original idea. It's it, the thing is like it's not even based on characters. It's based on dolls yeah. who don't have personalities? Question mark. 
Unless they were going off of one of those movie animated movies or shows, possibly, or, but I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it. It seemed like it was its own thing. It really felt like it was, I have it, never watched any of those, but my wife has. Well, and it, and it won the globe <laughs> for for original. Yeah. So, like I, again, I don't understand where it's coming from. I yeah. don't. It, it that to me makes no sense. Which also makes adapted a very very stiff uh, competition. So let's do original. Yeah. <laughs> let's okay. go with original. Uh, or uh, sorry, was not the Globe. It was the uh, Critics' Choice for for original. Excuse me. Uh, so let's let's do original. Uh, my top two are God. This this is a very difficult category for me right now. I love Anatomy of a Fall and Past Lives, but the holdovers is. I mean, this is a this is a three for me. I can't I can't mm-hmm. not say those three names. This is going to be such a toss-up and such a race to the finish line because those three are so significantly unique and amazing in their own right. What do you got? Well, I've only seen two of the five so far. The Holdovers and Maestro. Okay. Um, And I think both were really good. Um, I'd probably say the Holdovers I liked better than Maestro. Okay. Uh, So I would put that ahead. Um. But Maestro had a lot of really good stuff in it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd probably go the holdovers. Okay, okay. I get you. Now, when we get to adapted, now the conversation gets really uh, aggressive. Let's just say, because I I love all five of these. I think they're all incredible, and I could see I'd be happy with any one of them winning. Mm-hmm. And I and I honestly, it's I don't know that I can pick right now any of the any of the five. I don't know that I can shout out any one over the other at this current moment. The only one I haven't seen is the Zone of Interest. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought American Fiction was very good. I know we've had uh, an off-air debate about the ending, <laughs> but the rest of it I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did hear uh an interview with the writer director um cord jefferson um that you know he talked on behalf of the ending and i did understand his reasons and his choices and since i was um complimenting tv earlier this is a man who came from television and some really great shows yep um so he does have a wonderful track record Barbie shouldn't be here. But <laughs> I'm. It should be under original screenplay, but I, I'm glad it got nominated in general because that is a really great script. Mm-hmm. Um, Oppenheimer, yeah, solid. Of course, I do miss the days when Christopher was working with Jonathan Nolan. Um, I feel like they were both at their strongest when they were working together. Yes, when they when they were able to bounce off each other. Mm-hmm. I agree with you there. Um, I don't think. I don't think I would give it. Oh God, I don't know, man. Poor, th- I know, right? Poor things was good. Um, I, I, we also had a debate about mm-hmm. the graphic um, nature nature <laughs> of the movie and how I think it could have been portrayed more artfully. Um, but I don't know if I would attribute that to the writing as much as the directing. Sure, sure, I can understand that. Um, or, but it could be because I don't know what the book yeah. is and if it's all about, you know, her, um, 
opening up her sexual yeah exactly her 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 sexual awakening in the book then it's probably really good adapted writing but she she is the product of of a child's brain put into so there's some like moral grayness that i don't know if i'm comfortable with on that aspect okay and not that it couldn't be a part of it but i think that more of it could have been about her becoming her own person outside of just sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's only one scene where she's like, I want to be a doctor. And like, that's it. The mm-hmm. rest, it's just so much of the sexual stuff that it was overpowering mm-hmm. other things that they were trying to put in there. So maybe I wouldn't, but there's some great dialogue. There's some really great dialogue especially her character, the way she talks and the way she evolves her right. speech. Right. Um, yeah. The, patterns it, and, but now again, is that, is that the writing or is that the acting uh, but, or is that the directing? Right. I think that, I think it's a combination, which, yeah. which is why I, I'm very glad that poor things is being uh, nominated as much as it is mm-hmm. because it really is. It takes all of these, you know, moving parts spinning at at such a high level to kind of elevate to to get to this point of oh my god what did i just watch but now i but one thing that i did tell you was i feel like a woman should have been included in either as a co-writer or mm-hmm. co-director mm-hmm. or in some capacity like that i can understand that i can um, understand that especially being about now, a em- woman emma stone was a producer yeah and you know, there's uh, something to be said for that sure and I'm not sure who else was producing. I, I the list is is we'll get there. Um, all right, so yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm gonna pick. I'm just gonna pick initial reaction. I'm gonna go poor things in an Oppenheimer. That's it. That's my initial reaction. I'm sure that will change. It's so difficult for me in the, in this category, but um, I'm gonna go Oppenheimer and American fiction. Okay. Okay. All right, let's do some acting. So we've got actress in a supporting role. And this one to me is Davine Joy Randolph. Um, her narrative for this, her performance in certain scenes, Matt disagrees with with a lot of it. Um, but I think her performance was very strong. I, I'd like to watch it again and watch her more specifically and see if my opinion, my initial opinion changes. Um I love America Ferreira in this. I think I'm going to go America Ferreira and Davine Joy Randolph. I think that those are my two favorites at the at the current moment. Why was America Ferreira nominated but not but Margot not Bar- Robbie? <laughs> this makes no sense to me. What? Well, because uh, Margot Robbie would be in in a leading category. Oh well, yeah, we haven't got to lead. Okay, category obviously, yet. but. <laughs> Uh, I know, oh my God. I know, and and I'm skipping here again. But when you get you get Ryan Gosling, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you get uh, Ryan Gosling and America and Ferrera, America Ferrera, but not the star of the movie <laughs> or the director. All right, so or the director. Um, yeah, I haven't seen the color purple or Nead. Loved Divine Joy Randolph in this. Uh, I will go with her, and that's it. <laughs> that's it okay I, divine okay a- emily blunt's a great actress right she is but i don't know if she should have been here i didn't she didn't if nothing... i can be honest i didn't see what everybody else saw yeah except for the one conversation the one what two minutes of this three-hour movie and that's a, that's my problem with christopher nolan 
He gives his women nothing to do. Yeah, that is one problem. Nothing to do. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing why I like Barbie and the holdovers and uh, the color purple and poor things. Mm-hmm. Those female characters have something to do and and be and, and grow and expand. And maybe, I mean, you know, like you said, maybe it's it's in ways that we don't quite agree with or is a little bit uh, hard for us to accept or to watch. But at least it's more than just standing there and being the wife or the mother or or dead or, you know, omitted completely. Yeah, and if you were going to pick a supporting actress from Oppenheimer, I think it should have been Florence. She did more yeah. in that movie to me. Yeah, Maybe she, she had, had a bigger a less, impact, yeah. but a, a smaller role. Yeah. That's probably what it was. Probably what it was. Um, I agree. I, all right, cool. So let's move on. Because <laughs> I don't want to keep shoving my uh, foot in my mouth. Uh, so who do you got in, in actor in a supporting role? Um, I mean, I think Robert Downey Jr. has it in the bag. Okay. Um, okay. but this is a solid, this is a solid category right here. This is tough. And I'm, S- I'm Sterling K. Brown sad. was fantastic. Robert De Niro was fantastic. Ryan Gosling fucking love you. Um, <laughs> speaking directly to you, Ryan, uh, and Mark Ruffalo was was so good in Poor Things. I'm um, upset that Willem Dafoe isn't nominated for Poor Things because yeah. I think I liked his performance better than Mark Ruffalo's personally. But, I but I've like, also been on the Dafoe train for years. Oh well, yeah. Willem Dafoe is just Chef's Kiss. Yes, but I think the range that Mark showed in this movie was m- more than he's done. In his whole career. I think you're right. And it's not to say that he's ever been bad, because I've loved him in just about everything I've ever seen him in, but this was, like, such a different role. And I even, I think it was on Hot Ones, um, if you've ever seen that show. I, I've I've seen bits and pieces, but I haven't seen everything. Mark was uh, a guest on that show, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how this was such a different role for him, and he, he loved it, but, because he is not that guy. Yeah. And that's what yeah. was so good. I so I definitely think he deserves to be here. Willem Dafoe was yeah good as always, but it's Willem Dafoe. He, he suffers from uh, what some have called the the Giamatti disease, <laughs> uh, where again it's just like you have such a great performance. Uh, you know, same with with uh, directors like Scorsese and Spielberg, and you know De Niro and DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. You have such great actors that you just come to expect these kind of performances from them so it almost like knocks their case out a little bit which is sad but if you um, had to narrow it down so you're going down a junior do you have a second i don't know if i, I can name a second this one is I, this one's tight i'm predicting robert Downey jr but i want all of them to win <laughs> <laughs> i want them all to be on stage together yeah this one Again, I mean, like I just said, like De Niro is is astonishing, but I feel like he of the five is the weakest of the five. But this was a, kind of a different role for him, like. Oh, it definitely was, but I'm I'm saying like again because he's so good and so elevated and so amazing. I guess I just come to expect that type of performance from him. Yeah, and it just is sad that I think of it that way because it really is a great uh, show. I guess if if someone had a gun to my head and told me to give this Oscar to one of these five people, I would. And, and on my own, sure. Out of my own opinion, sure. I would. I would give it to Ryan. 
Really? Yeah. Really? I just, he just, the amount of like, the amount of energy he brought. Yeah. And it's even in the subtleties yeah. of like, there's one scene that um, Nala and I go back to all the time is when it's towards the end and he's like in his like mojo dojo casa costume and she comes over and she's and she, to him and she's like, um, you want to be, you know, basically like my friends with benefits right, kind right, of right, guy. Right, 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 And he like, he goes. Turns the corner. <laughs> and then he's <laughs> sublime. <laughs> it's just like, it's in the subtleties that he yeah. brought yeah. to such a like, a character that I don't think anyone else could have played that part as well. Well, no, as he because did. because uh, Gerwig put in Ryan Gosling in the in the actual script. Yeah, like he put it was wrote it was written one hundred percent wrote it. So no, nobody else could have actually yeah. could have actually done that. And and but you're right. I mean, he just he bought in and just sold that that show. I mean. That said, what I think a, Robert's getting uh, Downey Jr.'s. I think it. RDJ I, is getting. It. Yeah. So, so but. my I, again, I, I'm with you that all all five. The Sterling K. Brown was incredible. De Niro's amazing. Downey Jr. is wow. Gosling was just so much fun to watch. And Mark Ruffalo again has again just a jaw dropping, almost transformation. Mm-hmm. To me, it's probably between Downey Jr. and Gosling. And again, that could change, but that's that's where I'm at right now. But knowing the way that the Oscars go, it's it's gonna go to RDJ because it's a more serious role. I think so. I think so. Uh okay, so actress in a leading role. Lily. Hands down. It's it's Lily. No Emma Stone was fantastic, yes. I think I think Emma but Stone it's Lily. I think Emma Stone has a has a better shot, but I would not be surprised if Lily Gladstone won, and she is very deserving of it. Very deserving. Mm-hmm. I love Sandra Hewler's performance in Anatomy of a Fall, and I want to say her name so badly, but but next to it, if it was me and going performance only and didn't have to have the tie-in with with the Native people and lack of representation, it'd be Emma Stone or Sandra Hewler, personally. Wow. Okay. I think it was. I think that was that that powerful. Again, that being said, I also understand all of the other political you know components of this. And so I think this is another three for for me. Is it's those three in my opinion? Those those are my top three. And I am glad that Carrie Mulligan's on here because I think sh- she was snubbed at the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But she was she was definitely a powerhouse in that movie. Um, maybe maybe it'll change after I see Anatomy of a Fall. But it is Lily Gladstone number one, Head and Shoulders, and okay. the maybe the shock is Emma Stone. Okay, okay, sounds good. Yeah. All right, we got three left. Uh, let's power through actor in a leading role. Another solid category. I haven't seen Rustin. Um, I just watched it last night. It's it's a shame that this is not being talked about more and, and it hasn't been at the forefront of a lot of conversations. That performance is incredible. The subject matter is intense and, and needs to be seen. The immersion into 1963 is masterful. It's a shame that this one is is near the bottom of. But again, I'm just glad that it's at least getting a nomination, at least getting talked about in some way. Uh, I think I, I I'm predicting Cillian Murphy, Killian, Killian, Killian Murphy. Um, I think Paul Giamatti could be the upset. I think Jeffrey Wright could have been a bigger 
um, contestant, if, like I had told you, mm-hmm. if he had made more of that transition into stag, mm-hmm. into a stag persona, mm-hmm. I, and shown that he does have, like, this range in one character, right? I think he would have been stronger. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you there. Um, great performance and a lot of fun to watch, but you're right, it did, it felt a little bit stagnant. And again, if that was the point, then I think that just needed to be shown more than just a quick oh yeah by the way we're done yeah yeah so i i think that was kind of a missed opportunity um predicting killian my personal choice would go to paul yeah okay okay this one's tough for me as well uh i love all five of these guys but i think i'm also gonna go killian murphy and paul giamatti and that's a toss-up that i think that's a that's a coin toss for me right now um I probably would lean towards Gillian uh, initially, but goddamn, Bradley Cooper really did a great job with with Maestro, with Leonard Bernstein. Absolutely. So that's really tough. All right, last two, directing. I mean, it's Chris Nolan or Yorgos, in my opinion. Of these five, it's Yorgos Lanthimos or Chris Nolan. I think it comes down to Nolan or Scorsese. Okay. That's why I am wearing my Scorsese shirt. Yeah. Yes, you are. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's, for me, it's down to them because I think one of those two are going to win Best Picture. Okay. And it's either going to be a split year or it's going to be, it might be a split year either way, yeah. honestly, because yeah. they might want to give them each something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be surprising at all. And it's a shame because, again, I, I like we talked about it uh, at the onset, I, I love all of these. And, and I don't see any of these as a weak uh, performance, or as a weak direction. Um, this is a very strong category and a very difficult category to try and predict or even to try and rank because they're all fantastic, again, in their own rights. But And I uh, that's not to say that I don't think any of them should not be there. I have, but again, like I, I do think if somebody could go and we could get Greta in there, it would be mm-hmm. Jonathan Glazier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, and again, that might change what change once you see it. Might, but that probably is is my consensus as well as my my opinion that Greta should have been in there. Period. The end. Yeah. Um. If it could be a bigger category, I just want to throw some shout outs. <laughs> Uh, for Spider Verse, okay, the directors for Spider Verse, okay. I think that would have been a wonderful um nomination. Mm. And as a again as a Marvel fan, I think James Gunn really nailed that trilogy with this third one. Yeah. Um, and again, Wes Anderson and thought Wes he Anderson, did a, a yes. great job. Yep. Uh, can't can't discredit that. And actually, I would probably put Takashi Yamazaki uh, for Godzilla minus one for Godzilla. Yep. And 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 Alexander Alexander Payne for the for holdovers. The holdovers. Yep. Like again, this is another like just there's so many good, strong films yep. and strong directions. It's hard to whittle it down. It mm-hmm. really is, and it's it, it's sad to see some of the, some of my favorites not on the list. Yeah, but, I think yeah, Greta's definitely the biggest upset. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I do agree. All right, we got one left. Well, I mean, I already kind of said it. I think it's either going to be Killers of the Flower Moon or uh, or uh, Oppenheimer. Um, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, I I can totally understand that. Um, and again, this is another one where it feels like it's going to be one of those two. Honestly, I've heard a lot of talk about the holdovers being the most consistent vote. Hmm. And it wouldn't be surprising. And I wouldn't honestly be that upset over the holdovers winning. But over things like I think Barbie was was... I'm very glad Barbie's in this category and, and is nominated and definitely yeah. needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be upset about Poor Things winning. I think I'm going to whittle it down to Oppenheimer or Poor Things. Those are my two. Those are my two. So I'm going. I'm going most <laughs> most nominations, first and second most nominations uh, for for mine, and that's definitely not the reason why. But I just realized that. <laughs> I, I just think Poor Things is just a little too out there. Yeah. For the majority of voters, yeah, um, I think they'll they appreciate it, and that's why I got on the list. Mm-hmm. But I just don't. I don't think it's for one. Same problem as Barbie. Barbie probably deserves to win too, mm-hmm. but like it is a comedy, mm-hmm. and Poor Things is a is a comedy drama. Yeah, dark it's comedy. A, yeah, yeah, it's a dark comedy. So it's just it's just not the way it goes with the Academy. But then again, so is American Fiction, and you're right. Again, it just that's not quite the direction that they like to lean towards. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We we shall see in about six weeks. And also, as far as the biggest impact, I think Killers of the Flower Moon has the biggest impact, um, which is ultimately why a lot of us make movies, right? Right. Right. It is. It is. So, yeah, this this is a good year. This is a good year. I mean, going into the end of the year of 2023, Matt and I were talking about there's not a lot of like, wow, this movie stands above everything 100% of the way. But looking back on it and looking at these at this list and and you know hearing interviews and talking to you like there's a lot of really solid films that were made a lot of great art a mm-hmm. lot of great artists um, and I'm very much looking forward to the celebration of of movies as we uh, as we start to wrap up the 2023 2024 awards season. Um, Luke, thanks so much for, for talking with me about, about all this. Um, I'd love to, Anytime. love to have you back, uh, and, and get your official picks once yes. we get closer to the show. Once you've seen a lot more, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot more, <laughs> I will have seen all of them by then. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, yeah, no, it was a pleasure. Thanks for this. Um, if, uh, if you guys want to check out the entire, uh, nominations, they're online. Like I said, I'll put them out. On our socials, we're all over all over social media uh, at watched underscore podcast or at what we watched. You can email us at watchedmoviespod at gmail dot com. Uh, Luke, do you have any, anything to plug or your your um, what's your social again? Uh, you can follow me and Nala at A to Z Productions on um, Facebook or on Instagram. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, and yeah, I'm still uh, looking forward to uh, seeing your short film, and hopefully that'll be on the list here yes. uh, for the next go-around. I am but manifesting it. Yes. And it, it'll happen. It'll happen. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, but until then, you guys enjoy those movies, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.